Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from LCP Delta, the new energy experts. In the podcast, we'll be exploring how the energy transition is unfolding across Europe through conversations with guests from the leading edge of the transition. Hello, and welcome to the episode. Imagine a future where our devices in our homes like heat pumps, batteries, electric vehicle charge points, seamlessly talk with each other and work out when to operate in response to the changing needs of the distribution network, the electricity system, the intraday markets, and so on. Sounds fantastic. And I think that's the world that we're heading to. But it's quite an ambitious world and quite a complex world. And one of the big challenges at the moment is a topic that we refer to as interoperability a bit of a mouthful. So the challenge being that in my house, for example, I've got a a heat pump, an electric vehicle charge point, don't have a battery yet, got photovoltaics. And at the moment, I have a system where a home energy management device can effectively talk to the photovoltaic and the electric vehicle charge point, but it can't talk to the heat pump at all. So the devices I have are not interoperable. So can we get from today's world where we've got lots of closed systems that don't communicate with each other or don't speak the same language to a new world where everything speaks the same language and communication flows seamlessly from the electricity system to homes, to buildings, to devices? Well, to explore this question, I'm joined by a couple of LCP Delta experts Arthur Johannik and Zhusheng Zhang. Hello, Arthur. Hi, John. And hello, Zhusheng. Hi, John. So to frame the discussion, Zhusheng, I'm going to use a cartoon that you've used, I think. So I'll have to describe it being a podcast, but it's quite a simple cartoon. You've got two people talking, saying, we've got 14 different competing standards at the moment. Hmm. That's a problem. I don't know if we've got 14. Do we have 14, Zhusheng? I don't know if we have 14 in the uh, amongst home energy management, but we've got lots, haven't we? We have more than that. Yeah, John. More than that. More than 14. Okay. So these two people say, okay, the solution, we need a common unifying standard that uh, can work for everything. Outcome, instead of having 14 different standards, we have 15 different standards because, of course, the 14 don't disappear and the 15th competes with the 14. Um, Zhusheng, how accurate is that that cartoon that I've just described? Does it does it sum up where we are at or is it a bit pessimistic? Yeah, I think that is basically the story happening in this industry, because think about home management is such a cross cutting topic where you have heating appliances, your uh, EV charge point, your solar PV and batteries, uh, many, many different assets installed at home. And you got a platform from those, uh, the OEMs of those products, you got a platform of some management systems managing those assets. You also got some um, platform from your energy providers trying to manage those uh, products. And think about all of those systems using a different way of controlling the products and different products need a different language to 
control them. So it's really difficult to convince everyone to use the same language which was proposed by the previous 14 um, and the new 15 uh, uh, association to, to, to connect those products. And that's really uh, the reality today that we cannot find one single standard to connect everything. So can we think of it a bit like different languages? Uh, so if I'm trying to communicate with four different devices in the home, one speaking Japanese, one speaking Arabic, one speaking Norwegian, and one speaking Spanish, for example. So how can I communicate with all of them? Yeah, so um, in the home management world, um, Japanese can be like uh, EBA, uh, like um, open term for um, boilers. Um, Germany can be, uh, let's say, OCPP for EVs. So that's exactly what we can have if everyone speaks different language in the real world. Uh, Arthur, you've been working on this topic for, for years and years and years. Are you frustrated? Do you see progress? Yeah, 10 years actually. Um, I've been frustrated in the past. Now I'm just uh, conscious we need to find other ways to make the market uh, grow. Um, frankly, I don't see any progress. I see a lot more companies active in this space, which is good. Um, but often manufacturers of products have the same mindset. If I can protect my uh, ecosystem, my realm, uh, then why would I share anything with others? And would that make me lose market shares, for example? And also, there is data in that there is services I can create, so why won't I do that myself? Often, these companies are not able to do that uh, at all or at the speed at which it's required. And therefore, their decision to stay closed um, means that the market actually will not grow as fast as it could. So knowing this, I am partly frustrated, but also I uh, am realistic and I know that we need uh, other things to happen. Um, there are other organizations trying to find common protocols. Is it good for energy in Europe? I'm not really sure. Um, but the market is growing very rapidly right now. Um, sometimes governments have tried to make things happen and it worked, partly. So potentially it should be the work of a public organization to force certain protocols uh, or, or doing things certain ways. But right now I don't see that happening. So the market will just grow organically and uh, interoperability will remain the biggest barrier. And does that mean the vision I described at the beginning is we can forget about it and throw it out the window? Or, just, or does that mean it's that vision is still achievable even if we've got all these different protocols? but it's going to be harder to make it work because you need translators. Well, the analogy with language is really good, but if you're uh, the market leader in, let's say, batteries in Germany, so you have a 50% market share, for example, why would you want anyone to speak your language and potentially uh, be compatible with you and your competitors? While instead of that, because you're the market leader, you have the power to say, you guys have to work with me and work with my private protocol, which by the way, you have to pay for the integration, rather than opening up to everyone. And the problem in Europe is that the market is so fragmented across every country, uh, even within a market with different types of products, which means that there is no incentives for the bigger players to open up and to speak another language, basically to make the effort to and to risk losing market shares. And that's the real issue. So I understand, I understand that what, what you just described. Um, 
can a translator get around that problem? So it means more work. It means maybe some reverse engineering. It means an extra device in the home, a gateway device, for example, that can unpick these different languages. Is that the way that the market's trying to orchestrate or coordinate all of these devices at the moment? Go on, Zhang. Yeah, I think the situation is changing today. We are being asked by large OEMs whether they should open the system or not and how to open it. I think, uh, like others say, the matter is uh, the the world is so scat uh, so scattered. So there are many different um, OEMs there in the market. If there are some new value streams suddenly become interesting in the market, like energy cost saving, like flexibility services which you can provide more value to the end users, but it can't be achieved that you only allow them to use your proprietary protocols because everyone could have different products from different brands. So it's impossible to uh, always use your proprietary protocols to connect every product. That's why we think that gradually um, there will be some uh, third party, for example, some integrators trying to combine the uh, make the products more and more compatible or we think to make things e easier there could be some open protocols come to the market to help achieve the interoperability for products from different brands to be able to access those additional value streams today okay so pragmatic approaches integrators which is doable but hard work but a much better solution would be common languages as analogy I've used to make all of this much simpler. Um, I think, is it fair to say that there are pockets of progress? So if I think of electric vehicle charge points in the UK, for example, there's, is there a stand, they will have to follow a certain standard now. Does that help? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think since the, um, electrical vehicle standards came out in uh, U the UK. And then I think there is another ISO 15118 uh, standard for V2G also uh, came into work, I think a few months ago. All of the uh, EV charge point and EV companies are talking about of those two uh, standards. And um, you can definitely see how, how powerful a, this kind of initiative uh, can achieve in every, every market. And we do think that that could be copied um, to some other other markets as well, apart from the UK. So Arthur, I guess that's an example from what you were saying of government intervening and saying, okay, here's a standard that everyone has to work to. You can achieve that standard through whatever way you like, but you have to be able to communicate in this way. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think the market will dictate uh, standards and we are 100% sure of that. Uh, even with Matter now, which is a protocol being launched by uh, Google, Apple, Amazon, and, and the likes of it, the big giants of the tech industry. These guys are trying to force other companies to use the protocol because they have so much power. Um, but when you look at pockets of applications such as EV charging, uh, heating management, uh, etc., um, these the companies active in this space don't need Apple or Google to help them. They, they are not pressurized by these guys. So will they be uh, using these protocols? 
I don't think so in the short term, and that's not going to impact anything in terms of uh, penetration of technologies. So regulations could actually have a huge impact in that. Um, problem is, are European governments aligned on this? Uh, would it be different regulations in every country? Manufacturers are active in pretty much all over, all over Europe, so do you need to adapt your product for every country? I think there needs to be something at the European level uh, in order to achieve true interoperability. And as far as I understand by talking to people in the market, we couldn't be as far uh, from from that result today, and that's uh, that's a big concern I have for the market. Okay, well, let's come back to matter uh, this uh, Google Apple Samsung standard and uh, in a minute. Just t taking this electric vehicle charge point uh, standard, that's a UK standard. So step one is the UK. Step two would be to make it a European standard. Step three would be to say it's not just concerning electric vehicle charge points, it's the same standard for a heat pump as well as a electric vehicle charge point. Um, Zhushang, is that the sort of thing you think that would help and unlock a lot of the flexibility and homogeneity management value streams if that happened? Yeah, definitely. I guess that is the final picture we want to see for for, for homogeneity management interoperability. But even for let's come back to yeah the uh, IoT smart home protocol matter. Even though there are so many uh, large companies joining these joint force in terms of creating a new protocol, we're still seeing that they are uh, also struggling to involve all different different types of companies. Um, they do have some HVAC uh, companies there, but uh, in terms of home energy management, they do need more PV companies, EV companies, and some other energy. Uh, players uh yeah okay so for, for our listeners that might not have heard what matter is that was a recent announcement can you uh summarize who announced it when it was announced what what it is zushang in a in a nutshell yeah so um maybe five years ago um the smart home industry is the same situation as the home energy management industry today they are also looking for a solution for interoperability and now they have an answer which is called matter now it is proposed by a few large players in the smart home iot industry including uh, amazon uh, google uh, apple uh, schneider electric samsung a lot of big names you can okay. you can name them and the aim of the protocol is really to achieve interoperability to improve security and the um, to facilitate the uh, integration of different smart, uh, smart home products uh, in the market. So far, they're really focusing on home automation. So we can think about smart lights, okay. uh, security, uh, doorbells, et cetera. But yeah. uh, we think that um, they're also developing some use cases for energy as well. That's why that's interesting for, for home energy management. Okay, so it probably will start with things like a smart doorbell talking to a security system talking to shutters, for example, smart shutters, um, and enable more seamless communication between these different devices, regardless of whether it's a Google product, a Samsung product, a Schneider product. But let's start to look forwards a bit now. Arthur, you said you were pessimistic. Um, do you see any, any grounds to be optimistic when you're talking with companies, when you're hearing what the different OEMs, the different technology companies are thinking around energy. Are people talking about this question? Are they thinking about this question at the moment? So I would say that everybody 
nearly involved in this space is talking about this question. That's uh, yeah. top top three, I guess, on the agenda of the board of companies uh, to to be able to grow. Um, I don't see any evidence of that issue being possibly solved in the next three to five years at scale and with a significant impact on the on saving energy for customers, on saving carbon emissions, therefore on optimizing self-consumption, on optimizing dynamic tariffs, etc. Um, and that is because you have hundreds of companies at, involved in this, in the, in the space between EV charge points, PVs, etc. And all of them have different strategies, all of them are at different levels of understanding of interoperability, have a different number of tech people working on it. To make hundreds of companies from Europe, China, uh, the US, Korea, and other places to work together in a common thing for the benefits of home energy management in Europe, I don't buy it clearly. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been working in this space for a long time. I don't see that happening. Matter could have been the thing that helped, but so far when you talk to local companies uh, in Italy, Spain, Germany, Netherlands, there is no interest to, to do something like that. It's, uh, it's not going to help them in the short term. Uh, there is no strategy for five to ten years, and so Matter, I'm quite pessimistic here. Matter is a global standard, presumably yeah. between global giants, whereas that's one of the challenges here. Energy markets are national markets. They're, exactly. If you look at a global level, they're highly localized markets. So we might have a standard in the UK for electric vehicle charge points. Um, so. I can understand why Matter is going to focus on doorbells and security systems, for example, and lights, which can be done globally. Yeah, and everyone has a, I mean, everyone, you, the Alexa speaker or the Google Home works the same in the US as in Europe, you know, so for them, it makes sense to make these devices work with each other. But as you say, uh, the heat pump in the middle of Switzerland, would it work the same as your air conditioning in the south of Spain? And is it the same brand? Is it working the same way? Yeah. Uh, market conditions are different. Temperature are different. Uh, people are, have different cultures. And that's something that, you know, global giants don't have a short-term interest yeah. in. And that's uh, that's why we don't believe, I don't believe, the impact will be huge in the, in the short term at least. So, I don't know, you're, you're either a pessimist or a realist, Arthur. Uh, I am an analyst. <laughs> <laughs> Zushang, any any differences in how you think? I guess um, I'm also very fact-driven, but driven by um, there are more and more interest and questions and attentions being paid to the home energy management market uh, nowadays. I think uh, because more and more companies are interested in this market, they see the value of creating uh, either monetized or non-monetized uh, value for the homeowners, I think there will be more and more efforts to be put to address this problem. I think in the very near future, two or three years, this might be partly solved, this problem of interoperability. So within each market, the government really want to solve the energy bill increase problem. They might have set up some yeah, standards to, to, to standardize uh, the residential flexibility, the um, for example, EV charging uh, management, and now matter the protocol will come 
to this protocol again is trying to standardize the smart home uh, interoperability and I guess everyone is also watching this protocol and see how it could succeed uh, in this market and if it can really achieve this kind of uh, success uh, in smart home market I think some of those uh, energy players like Schneider like uh, Samsung could also apply the same approach to home energy management in the future. So I might be a bit more optimistic uh, for, let's say, uh, five to 10 years, there might be similar things happening in home energy management. Okay, well, we'll get the crystal ball out in one sec. Uh, so you see pockets of that, pockets of progress, and coming back to this job of integrators, integrators are still gonna have to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, be it through a gateway device in the home, be it through going through APIs, product by product, if manufacturers are opening up their APIs. So there's a lot of legwork to do to be able to orchestrate a number of different devices in the home until we get to that. So let's get out the talking new energy crystal ball. Uh, if I set the data three years, 2025, I think you've both made your views clear. So let's go further into the future. And I'm going to set the data 10 years into the future now to 2032. Um, will we be much further forward in 10 years time? So how close will we be to that vision I set out right at the beginning of the podcast of someone in the energy sector being able to seamlessly communicate and orchestrate a battery, a heat pump, an EV charge point, a hot water tank, a washing machine even in the home? Uh, or will we still be have this patchwork of some national standards and a lot of legwork around the integration uh, to, to be done? Arthur, let's start with you and then Sushang. Uh, the main issue I see with the energy appliances in the home is that they have a lifetime of 10 to 20, 25 years. In the next 10 years, we will, see, especially in the next two or three years, we will see a lot of homes equipping themselves with low carbon solutions like heat pumps, like uh, PV, etc. And this system is installed in the next few years won't be uh, ever, I think, compatible with other products because once they are installed it's it's the way it is for most of them so in 10 years time maybe then the new products installed will start to be widely interoperable with with other products but so there is a chance i i can't say for sure i'm not too optimistic about it i'm not too pessimistic either but the, what i know is that the in the next 10 years the products being installed in the homes won't be as interoperable as they should be okay. and so we will be losing time basically so the integrators will have will have lots of work over the next 10 years and beyond the next 10 years with all of the products and devices that are going to be installed over the next 10 years. Integrators yep. are closed ecosystems potentially, yep. and that's yep. the risk that we will don't want to see. Yep. Okay, thanks Arthur. Zhushang, 2032. Yeah, actually this time I'm aligned with Arthur. Uh, I will put this question down to two separate questions. Well, there will be one single open protocol um, connecting every product together, I say 50-50, um, yeah. because uh, it really depends on how uh, the industry react to the energy crisis, to 
um, to how success now um, uh, the smart home protocols, how, how it could be. So uh, hard to predict. Um, so I would be say, saying like 50-50. Uh, but will there be a, an approach to achieve interoperability? I would say 100% because I think in the future there will be more and more OEMs working with integrators to find an approach to connect their products to each other. So they, are, they might not be talking in the same language, but someone are putting the effort there, trying to, like a third party, trying to make sure yeah. they are uh, compatible um, being being used for 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 for, for home management. So that is will be um, my answer to that. Okay, and I think Zhujiang, we're already seeing the signs of that, aren't we? We're seeing integrators successfully uh, communicating with different brands in homes. It requires work and effort, but it can be done and is being done. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Okay, so the vision I described at the beginning then, if I take out the word seamlessly out of that vision, then I think that vision is still alive and kicking. And in fact, uh, it's not just a future vision, it's something that is being done more and more uh, at the moment. So I think we can look forward to a future where devices in the home are optimized, even if they are from different brands, different manufacturers that don't speak the same language. Uh, but there's clearly a job to be done both by integrators in the short term and by the wider industry in getting to that common standard, common language as quickly as we can. Arthur, Zhushank, thanks very much for sharing your expertise and your thoughts. Uh, I feel we've gone right down into the nitty gritty issues in the energy transition today, but a critical issue if the transition is to happen as quickly and as effectively and uh, in and most cost effectively as it can. Thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and the discussion and look forward to welcoming you back next week. Thanks and goodbye. If you enjoy the podcast, then please rate it and share it with your friends and colleagues. If you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are, then you can keep in touch with us and look at our research insights, podcast transcripts and download reports all at www.lcpdelta.com. Thank you.